Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Welcome to this extremely cold, hoth-like edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. Echo 3 to Echo 7. Hot old buddy, do you read me? Just kidding. It's Derek Diamond. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so cold. It's, it's like hoth cold outside. So it was in the high 20s here, I believe, on Monday. Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember which one. The days all kind of blend together at yeah. this point. But... The next day, I swear it was colder because <laughs> the sun wasn't out. It was like a overcast, gloomy day. It was like that today, too. But yesterday, I walked outside, and it hurt. I know. It hurts to go outside. <laughs> it was supposed to be in the 50s today, but no. I would pick the 50s. <laughs> it, it, it's that northern wind, man. You walk outside, and it's like it punches you in the face as hard as it can. Well, and people forget that, you know, because you think the humidity here in the South and it makes it hotter during the summer, but it also makes it colder mm-hmm. during the winter. So it's like that wet cold. Yeah. That, like it, it just, like I said, you walk outside, like I got out of my car to walk into my office and my hands were hurting about 10 seconds <laughs> after I walked outside. Yeah. The other day it was like. 25 degrees but it said the little weather app says it's 25 but feels like 19 and i'm like well then just freaking say it's 19 yeah i'd I'd rather just have the number just (laughs) shoved in my face like oh this is actually what it is it's not oh it's 27 but due to everything else it's gonna feel like it's 19 and i'm a i'm a tropical boy i'm not used to this cold weather man yeah it's (laughs) it's been rough and all you people in Texas, anybody listens to this show in Texas, or you probably can't listen to it right now. Oh my God, I feel so sorry for for everybody in Texas, right? I have friends in Austin, and I'm just like, man, uh, I just want them to be okay. It's awful right now. And for those who don't know, like there are a lot of people in Texas who don't have power, mm-hmm. which means they don't have heat, and it's like you think it's cold here. Yeah, it's snowing in Texas. It's it's really bad right now. No heat, no Very no bad. electricity, no no internet, nothing. It's just it's barren wasteland in Texas right now. Yeah, it's it's awful. So count my blessings. I still live on the Gulf Coast where that that weather, the the snow and ice, like always just skates to the north of us because we're right here on the coast, so we don't really get that. So, I mean, we still get the cold, but man, I'm, I'm so glad we didn't get any of that ice, the ice storm stuff. To tell you the difference, so I, I have an aunt who lives in Atmore, Alabama, which is a little bit farther north of here. It's it's more like the, like the southern portion of Alabama. It snowed at her house. Mm. So it's like we literally just yeah. missed the snow. 
I remember the last time we had a, an ice storm here on the coast was probably like five, six, seven years ago. And mm-hmm. that old house that I used to live in, that night I was sitting outside on the porch. And you know how everything is so much quieter when it's cold like that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's like this, the, the Biloxi Bridge was like less than a mile from my house. And I could literally sit outside and hear the car accidents happening. Just one oh after God. another, just listening to car accidents happen. That's that's awful. Because we don't know how to drive here. We don't know how to. We know how to do hurricanes. That's our thing. We don't know how to deal with ice and snow. That's not our thing. That same year, or yeah, that same ice storm. Uh, I still lived with my parents at the time, and I had to leave work early so I could get to my parents' house because they live like an hour away from here, mm-hmm. so that I could make it across the bridges. Otherwise, I would have been stranded, and I couldn't go to work for like two or three days yeah. because of all the ice on the bridges. Yeah, I think I remember my old job. We should, we actually closed for a few days because nobody could get out, nobody could drive, nobody could go anywhere. It was crazy. This weather, this earth is trying to get rid of us, actively trying to get rid of us, whether it's through hurricanes or or ice storms. One of the two is going to get us. That should have been the twist in the happening. <laughs> Instead of the trees, it should have just been the entire planet. Yeah. Would have been more believable. Enough about the weather. How was your week? Uh, it's been pretty eventful, actually. Uh, for those who are longtime listeners of the show, you know that usually around this time of year, we're prepping for baseball season. Well, we didn't have a season last year due to COVID-19. And we finally got our schedule for the 2021 season, which we normally get it a little less than a year in advance. We normally get it in July or August so that we have plenty of advance notice to come up with, you know, what we're going to do for each night and everything. But we just received it this past week. So um, (laughs) baseball will be running from, it'll be a little bit different than it has been in years past. Um, It'll start in early May and then go through mid-September. So, Is it going to be a shorter um, season, or is it just the whole season pushed back a few months? Uh, it's slightly less games. Okay. It, normally, we play 70 at home, but we're doing 60 this year. So it's, it's like a little bit of a difference. And um, the way it's pretty much going to be, except for like a couple of weeks, it'll be almost like a pattern. It'll be like we'll have games at home one week, then the next will be on the road. Then the following week will be at home. So that's it's it's nice that way to actually be able to, you know, plan stuff out as far as like, you know, this show, my show, and other stuff that I do. So um still got a couple of months to prep for it, but uh that'll be that'll be coming down the pike soon. Unfortunately, um I will be working during uh Pensacon weekend. So my availability won't be as much as it usually is. But we will still be doing our Nerd Cave retro panel. We we will work it out to where we will still be able to do it. Yeah, and we'll try to work in the uh, the meetup too if everybody's able to make it. So sooner it get, the closer it gets, the more we'll we'll have an idea we'll have to be able to you know do the panels, be able to get together and have a meetup and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. We'll we'll have all that information soon. Yeah, Nerd Cave retro panel will still happen. Defending bad movies will still happen. 
And I really hope to do the meetup. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll do that at McGuire's. Everybody needs to experience McGuire's at least once while they're in Pensacola. Uh, the burger experience. Oh, that, that burger. <laughs> best burger. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this now. That is the best burger I've ever had in my life is McGuire's burger. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. It's, it's tough to beat. But, I mean, honestly, there's so much great food at mcguire's and you will not leave that place hungry i know that's the thing I, as many times as i've been there i've had all kind of different stuff but i always come back to the burgers like i can't not eat the burger the bur it's they're the size of a couch pillow you can't eat the whole thing in one in one go and if you do you'll you you'll go into a coma for at least 12 hours while your body is like what do i do with this how do i digest this now, granted, there are worse ways to go into a coma, but yeah, yeah I I agree. No, it's the the burgers are a staple. It's really that and their steaks are what they're known for. But honestly, the burgers are like a little over ten bucks, mm -hmm. and just the sheer amount of food you get, you can't beat it. Oh, they're fish and chips too. Oh, yep, fish and chips are, and it's like they give you like. Their their slab of fish that they put over the French fries is like, it's like the size of a football. <laughs> it's huge, and and the you, the amount of food you get for the price you pay is unreal, and it's so good. But I mean, the thing is, you do have to wait in line for a while, so maybe we could do like a, a call up beforehand and and reserve a, a room or whatever, see how many people we're gonna get going, so we won't have to wait. I want to say if you have up to eight people, you have to have a minimum of eight people to make a reservation. So if we can get enough people, then we can reserve one of the rooms that they have. Oh, yeah, we'll have we'll definitely have eight people, I think. Yeah. So get this about the fish and chips. So hmm. McGuire's Monday through Friday, they do lunch specials mm -hmm. and their Friday lunch special is their fish and chips and you get it for like seven bucks. What? How do they how do they not go out of business? Because that, that's got to be at least a twenty dollar cut of fish. <laughs> Enough people buy it. Wow, so good. I, I cannot yeah. stress. I'm so hungry right now. I cannot stress how good the food is at McGuire's. <laughs> this episode of Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you <laughs> by McGuire's. <laughs> uh, yeah, I oh, wish, man. dude. That would be I, all they would have to do is just give me a, a gift certificate, like. You know, a hundred dollar gift certificate, and I would give them a year of advertisement on Nerd Cave Retro. Absolutely, like honestly, if we didn't have the Patreon, all I would ask is enough <laughs> to pay for the show. Yeah, yeah, just just a hundred dollar gift certificate because you know that's that's a good two. You know, take you know take your girlfriend there, take the girlfriend there like twice. You know, like a good, it's about fifty bucks for two people for for a good meal. Yeah. Yeah, I I dig that. I think we should try to hook up with McGuire's and get a, a sponsorship on the show. Oh man, right? <laughs> um, I actually picked up uh, Hades this last week. On, oh yeah, on the Nintendo Switch. I bought it on sale. Uh, it was on sale for like uh, I can't remember what I got it for. Like fourteen, fifteen bucks, something like that. Holy crap, it's so good. You know how I've been I've been talking the last few weeks about how much I, I wanted a Diablo like experience. Um, because I've been craving some Diablo, and this is the closest thing you could get to it. 
because it, it's like Diablo because it's like a dungeon crawler, but it's also like a um uh like a roguelike where um you you'll go through and each time you go through it's different, but you'll die if you die you start back again basically in you know the the house of Hades the the uh, the ruler underworld you're his son and you're trying to escape from Hades and like all the gods are trying to help you you know they give you power ups and all that kind of stuff so you go through as far as you can and you die but you get all this stuff to like get upgrades so every time you go through you get stronger better weapons like trinkets all that kind of stuff so it's one of those games that just keeps pushing you to keep going further and further and it's so addicting it looks like it. I've watched some gameplay, and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, and it looks of, really good. A lot of humor in it. The The voice acting's great. The, I love the art style. It's like playing a comic yeah. book. And yeah. I can't I can't recommend it enough. I, you have to get it. You have to get it. You'll love it. Yeah, I started playing, um, I believe it's called uh, Trials of Mana. That's mm-hmm. on the collection of Mana for the Switch. So I, I think that's going to be... Uh, my next review in a couple of weeks so okay um yeah i've i've in the very very early stages of it but yeah you know i haven't played any of the other <clears throat> mana games besides secret of mana for the snes so i figured i'd give it a shot that's cool but yeah as soon as you're done with that i i suggest your next next pickup should be hades maybe they'll have another sale going on but even at full price i think it's worth it what it's like 20 24 bucks i think uh yeah. normally and um yeah it's so good it's ridiculous yeah i i want to play it it looks like a lot of fun but um i we got a few news stories to go to tonight would you like to go into the news let's do it This came to us uh, through the email from both I Am The Rampage and Axeblade07. Uh, this is from comicbook.com. PS4 reportedly getting two classic N64 games this month. Uh, the PS4 and technically the PS5 are reportedly getting two classic N64 games later this month. Um, let's see. Uh, according to a new PlayStation Store leak, both Turok and Turok 2 remasters are finally coming to the PS4 on February 25th. Um, let's see. Uh, last July, out of nowhere, trophies for Turok were posted to the back end of PSN. At the time, trophies didn't pop up for the sequel, but many expected the pair of games would come together in remastered form because that's how they were recently released on Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. Um, did you ever play the Turok games? I played the first Turok game for the N64. I don't think I played the sequel. I did play the first one. I, I'm I'm with you in the sense that I never played the second one, and it, it was it was a fun game. Like I, I don't have too many specific memories mm-hmm. that I recall, other than I remember playing it. But th- what I remember, Turok, and I might be confusing it with another game. But wasn't there a Turok in the arcades? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, because I I remember seeing like the the giant. Mm-hmm. You know, arcade cabinet where you could play Turok and you were getting chased by a dinosaur. Yeah, was it a sit down machine? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. It was, I think it was I one of the it was one of the that. big ones. Yeah, that very sounds very familiar. I did Let enjoy me that real quick. Yeah, look that up. But I I I remember I really enjoyed playing the original Turok 
for the N64. It's probably terrible to look at these days because of the, the graphics and everything. Um, but I do remember like going through the jungles and hunting, you know, the dinosaurs, like the, uh, velociraptors and things like that. It's a pretty cool first person kind of adventure game. And, um, I I wouldn't mind going back and and playing it again. It doesn't say how much it's going to be though. Uh, probably just if you're, I'm pretty sure that if you're a PS plus subscriber, you're probably going to get them for free. I would imagine. So I'm looking at the Turok Wikipedia, and it doesn't say anything about arcades. Hmm. So maybe I'm confusing it with another dinosaur game. But I could have swore there was a Turok yeah, arcade game. Yeah, that's what game. I thought, too. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will let us know. Oh, yeah, we'll get fact-checked. <laughs> <laughs> while he's been chomping at the bit lately. <laughs> well, you you guys have a pretty epic bet going on. <clears throat> yeah, we haven't talked about that yet on the show. Me and Wally have a bet going on. Um, about WandaVision, and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but I made a prediction about WandaVision, and Wally was adamant that it was not a good prediction. So uh, he, he wanted, at first he wanted to bet me 100 bucks. So I was like, you know what, I don't want to bet money. Let's do something where the loser has to do something embarrassing. So the loser has to uh shave their beard into a Hulk Hogan mustache and appear on the Nerd Cave Retro show <laughs> with said uh handlebar mustache for the entire episode. So if you end up losing that bet and and even if Wally loses it and he comes on the show, <laughs> I will totally dress up as the macho man. <laughs> okay. I wish and I if- had a if it does end up being me, I might have to order a Hulkamania uh headband just to to complete the look. And then we can be the mega powers. Yes. Episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were in the same room. We could do that, that, uh, that, you know, that, uh, that the, handshake. The they handshake. did that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look up that gif. Everybody It's one of the greatest gifts of all time. Oh, absolutely. Oh man. Absolutely. <laughs> had, had it been, me that made the bet with you i was gonna bet that if you lose you'd have to play and review a final fantasy game Ooh, i'd rather shave my face (laughs) i could probably shave and then regrow my beard in the time it would take me to finish a final fantasy game could probably do it twice actually yeah probably (laughs) probably grow a gandalf beard by the time i finished it you shall not pass. <laughs> uh, uh, our next story comes to us from murphysmultiverse.com. Cobra Kai and Deadpool writers teaming up for Twisted Metal. I love this idea. Uh, Axeblade sent us this one too on the email. Yes, Axeblade07 sent us this. Uh, Sony is moving ahead with its adaptation of PlayStation's Twisted Metal with some high-profile names behind the project. We have learned that Cobra Kai writer Michael Jonathan Smith will serve as the showrunner and lead writer for the series. Smith will also serve as one of the executive producers for Twisted Metal and will team up with Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the writing duo behind both Deadpool and Zombieland films. Smith serves as a staff writer for 10 episodes of Cobra Kai during the hit show's first season before becoming the story editor for the last two seasons. He also served as the story editor for the Disney Plus streaming series Diary of a Future President. Described as a high-octane action comedy in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, Twisted Metal will follow a motor-mouth outsider 
trying to deliver a mysterious package while avoiding the wide array of marauders and their vehicles of destruction, including the famous ice cream truck driven by everyone's favorite clown, Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, has, as reported by the Illuminati yesterday, Will Arnett has been cast in the role of Sweet Tooth. What? <laughs> That's awesome. I know. I like that idea. I, I love this because... You know, the Deadpool movies are great. I love both Zombieland films. I actually think the sequel is very underrated. It's to me like if I were to give Zombieland one a nine, I'd give Zombieland two like an eight. Like it's right up there to yeah. me as far as being just as good. And you know, Cobra Kai is great too. I've enjoyed that show immensely. So I think just in name and resume value alone, this sounds like it could be really good. Yeah. If it, it definitely, if it has a, like a Deadpool uh, vibe to it, um, yeah, you know, kind of dark, kind of dirty, but funny. I think it'll be a hit. And I like the choice of Will Arnett as Sweet Tooth. Yeah, Will Arnett's great. Did you ever yeah. watch um, Lego Masters? That show that he was the host of, Lego Masters. No, I, but you've talked to me about it. It's though. pretty good. They only, I think, they only did one season of it. It's on Hulu. I really enjoyed that. Made me want to go get some Legos. I love Legos. Yeah, I almost they even bought... have some of the. They have some of the classic Lego sets now too. I had to go get groceries today, and I was at Walmart, and I saw the new Super Mario World Lego sets for twenty bucks. I almost pulled the trigger. I was like, no, I don't have the money. I don't need to spend money right now. What's eventually going to happen is they're going to make Zelda Legos, and they're just going to have uh... like. I'm not going to have any willpower. Don't say that, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For our our next story, this comes from NintendoLife.com. Zelda Skyward Skyward Sword HD, the Skyward Sword HD, hits Switch this July alongside uh, the themed Joy-Con. Nintendo has revealed that it is bringing the Wii title... The Wii U, uh, was it a Wii title or Wii U? Yep, Zelda it was Skyward. the original Wii. Oh, okay. Zelda Skyward Sword to the Switch this year. I could have swore it was just a Wii U. But yeah, you're right, it was the Wii. Um, it will boast revised controls, uh, which not only allow you to replicate the motion interface of the original, but also permit the use of buttons and sticks for control, a vital point when you consider the existence of the Switch Lite. The game will launch alongside a special set of Joy-Cons themed after the Master Sword and Hylian Shield. Um, it was originally released in 2011 for the Wii, uh, depicting the earliest story in the series timeline, as well as the creation of the Master Sword itself. I'm pretty excited for this. I never got to play this, didn't play it. Um, I'm definitely, this is definitely going to be a day one purchase for me. For sure. And I, I know we'll dabble a little bit into the Nintendo Direct that happened, uh, yesterday as we are recording this. And this was the highlight to me of this and Splatoon 3 being announced, but primarily Skyward Sword. I mean, we, we've we talked about that Nintendo is going to do something for Zelda's 35th anniversary, and mm-hmm. it seems like this is going to be one of those things. Yeah, I think Skyward Sword, while it's not my favorite Zelda game, it's important in the history of like the timeline and everything because... It's mild spoilers, but it's the beginning of everything. You get to see how everything is set up for future games. And it's it's a lot of fun. Like the the motion controls were really cool. I'm glad that but they're having the option to mm-hmm. go button only. Yeah. Which I, I think is good. 
Um, my only knock on this game is that it's pretty short compared to other Zelda games, hmm. but it's still definitely worth playing. So I, like you, will be getting this day one. It'll be fun to go back and play Skyward Sword again because out, out of all the Zelda games that I've gone through and done replays of, Skyward Sword is towards the bottom of the list and not really any fault of the game itself. I just haven't done it. Mm. So I'm I'm excited and I'm definitely getting those Joy-Cons. Yeah, those look cool, they don't sexy. they? <laughs> I like them. They are sexy. Uh, but yeah, I never played Skyward Sword. Uh, I did play Twilight Princess, but I actually played Twilight Princess on the GameCube. Uh, never mm-hmm. got the Wii version, so I didn't really get to experience the uh, the motion controls. And I'm not really a fan of motion controls, so I'm glad that they did the you could you have the option of just using the buttons, which 100% is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, in all in all likelihood, I will be too. I'm just glad that this game is going to get, you know, a little bit more love. Like the same thing yeah. with Link's Awakening. It well, this didn't will... get served. Yeah, well, this will be a little, you know, uh, tied you over until Breath of the Wild 2 kind of thing. Whenever that may come out. Yeah. I, that was another prediction I got wrong yesterday. I was like, they're going to show us something from Breath of the Wild 2. Nope, nothing. They technically talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> being, hey, we're still developing it. It's going well, but we're just going to ask you to wait a little bit longer. And Wally said, yeah, technically an announcement, an announcement about not about being sorry. There's no announcement is technically not an announcement. (laughs) (laughs) And he has been on your ass. I know, man. All week. He's been making memes and everything. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Did I make you mad, Wally? What did I do? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I feel like we buddy. should have brought him on the show, and yeah. I could have played Roastmaster. Maybe we could call him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the deal, man? Yeah. So, just curious, what did I do? Uh, oh man! But our next story comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Capcom Arcade Stadium is out now on Nintendo Switch at a cost of forty dollars. Capcom has been rather quiet about when Capcom Arcade Stadium would go live on the Switch, and now we know why. The company was saving the confirmation for the first Nintendo Direct in what feels like forever. The games are offered in three packs, each costing $14.99 each, and uh, are covering a period of Capcom's coin-op history. So, Dawn of the Arcade, their first pack, which runs from 1984 to 1988, includes games like Volgus, 1942, Commando, Trojan, Legendary Wings, Bionic Commando, and Ghouls and Ghosts. Arcade Revolution, 1989 to 1992, covers uh, or features Strider, Dynasty Wars, Final Fight, Mega Twins, uh, Street Fighter II, Captain Commando, and Varth Operation Thunderstorm. And then the Arcade Evolution, 1992 through 2001, Includes uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Armored Warriors, 19XX The War Against Destiny, Giga Wing 1944 The Loop Master, and Pro Gear. It's available for download now and comes with one free game to play in the form of 1983 The Battle of Midway. If you want other games, you're going to have to pony up some cash. Um, This is interesting. I mean, it... I would be interested in buying this, but 
honestly, I just recently got the Capcom collection with like the you know a lot of the uh, a lot of these arcade titles already on it. So this is not really a necessary pickup for me. Although I might get the Dawn of the Arcade one because um, I'd like to have the actual arcade versions of 1942, Bionic Commando, Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, in, uh, in Section Z. Those are and Legendary Wings. I mean, these are all great games for the that are. I mean, pretty much every game is on here is great, but. The one I, I think I might go ahead and just get separately is the Dawn of the Arcade 8048. Yeah, if I were to get one, it would be that because I, I've never played most of the games that are on there. And like Street Fighter 2, I have that on the SNES Classic. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to play that, I could just plug that in. So if I get one, and I think 15 bucks for all those games is is not bad. Yeah, because I think I only so, paid ten bucks for the Capcom collection, and uh, it, it's got—I can't remember everything that's on it, but it's got a lot of these on there. I think it's got the Cyberbots on it, Armored Warriors, Battle Circuit, um, Final Fight, and uh, some of the other ones. It's got like six or seven games on it already. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to check this out though. Yeah, if you don't have these any other way, I mean, this is a great pickup for forty bucks to get all these games. That's a that's a lot of entertainment value. Oh, for sure. Uh, and for our last story tonight, this is also at NintendoLife.com. Uh, the Nintendo Switch Online gets four new SNES and NES games. Um, the Switch update happened. What day was this that that happened? Uh, yesterday, actually, as we're recording this, uh, what dropped for the Super Nintendo is Psycho Dream. Uh, I've never heard of that. Doomsday Warrior Prehistoric Man. I'll be honest, I have never heard of these three. Have you? I don't believe so. Prehistoric Man sounds interesting. I have heard of the NES title, though. Yeah, Fire and Ice I have heard of. That's the NES title that drops... Um, but as far as the Super Nintendo ones, I'll probably go in and, t- and check them out um, because I have never played any of these. No, I haven't either. I remember reading about Fire and Ice in an old copy of Nintendo Power mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. But I mean, I'll, I'll check that one out and probably Prehistoric Man just because it, it sounds appealing. Maybe yeah. it's because <laughs> I still have Box Adventure fresh in my mind. Prehistoric man. Man. Let's go ahead and go into this month in video game history. Yes. In February of 1981, Konami releases Scramble in Japan and is the first side-scrolling shooter with forced scrolling and multiple distinct levels. Do I remember Scramble? Did I ever play this? Let's see. I don't think I did, but that freaking poster artwork is epic. Right? (laughs) I was just looking at it. It (laughs) reminds me so much of Tron. Yeah, it does. Wow. That looks like um, uh, Alex Ross artwork almost. A little bit, yeah. But no, I don't think I ever played this. Yeah, I never played it either. Might have been a little too young for this one. Yeah, same. (laughs) February 12th, 1987. (laughs) 
Infocom releases bureaucracy from author Douglas Adams. Oh, I remember we talked about this last year. Because uh, yeah, if anybody's ever heard of, know who Douglas Adams is, he wrote um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So if this is in the vein of Douglas Adams writing, this is probably one interesting game to get into. I'd be interested to try this out. Like just the 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 story and how I picture this game playing out is like really appealing to me. Yeah, I like the uh, the cover artwork too. It's got like a almost looks like a bank teller window. Yeah, it says bureaucracy across the top, and then there's a sign that says "Please use next window." I yeah, like I was it. thinking that or like a gambling window. Yeah, <laughs> where you go to cash out your chips. Oh yeah, that too. Uh, February 14th of 1991, DMA Design releases Lemmings, a puzzle game that requires the player to lead a group of lemmings through a dangerous environment to an escape portal. Uh, I remember reading about this game. Uh, this game got a big push in Nintendo Power at the mm -hmm. time. And when it dropped on the Super Nintendo, I just wasn't at all interested in playing this game. Did you ever play it? Was it featured on the cover of Nintendo Power? I don't remember if it was. It might have been. But reading the, they actually had a big story about it in, in Nintendo Power. Remember that? And I was just like, that's, this doesn't sound interesting. Like, you're just leading these little lemmings around everywhere. It was on the cover of Nintendo Power. Was it? Okay. Issue 37. It must have yeah, been. Yeah, I remember. Must have been a slow month. <laughs> I remember this cover, too. Yeah, it, it like you said, it got a big push, but I, I never played it. And from what I've read, sounds like I made the right decision. Yeah, I don't think they ever did any sequels to it, so it probably didn't do very well. On February 23rd of 1994, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo is released for arcades. I, I enjoy the Street Fighter games. I prefer Mortal Kombat when it comes to fighting, but... Speaking of Mortal I, Kombat, I, did you see the trailer? Yes. <laughs> Uh, I am excited. Yes. It's, you know what it is? It's exactly what it needed to be. Yes. Is it's, how I can sum it up. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. The cheesiness of the original Mortal Kombat, but bloody and just yeah. rated R as hell. Yeah. No, it's when I watched that trailer, like my expectations were pretty low, but after seeing it like it like i'm trying not to get too excited about it but at the same time like i really really want to see that movie dude the first 10 seconds of the of the the trailer is sub zero destroying jax's arms yeah oh so good that, so and sub zero is my favorite character so that like sucked me in right at the beginning mm -hmm. oh he's all through the uh the the trailer so i'm wondering if like he's pretty much like a huge part of the movie i hope so like the the dynamic with him and scorpion is what make mortal combat to me oh and they they did show like a split second frame of uh of goro too yep uh yeah but the big question is will we get a lot of exposition i hope not We'll get three three good exposition dumps through the movie, and the rest is just mindless action. I'm down for uh, it. Yeah, hey, right? I, we had a good time. 
with the commentary for that that episode. I'm down for anything Mortal Kombat. I think once it comes out, we'll have to do a commentary track on the new one. Yes, I think so. As soon as it hits VOD, we're doing a comment commentary track oh, for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, you're up next. Uh, okay. Uh, February 4th of 2000, Maxis releases The Sims for Microsoft Windows. Uh, I never played it for Windows, but I did play The Sims on the original Xbox. I don't know if you ever played it for the Xbox. I did not. Um, I never really got into The Sims all that much. Uh, the crazy thing to me is that, like, I can remember when this first came out. This This game is over 20 years old now. I know. My girlfriend's a huge fan of The Sims 4 right now. I think that's the current one that's out, but uh, I yeah. haven't played The Sims since, since the the, X, the original Xbox. I never played it on computer or anything. The only Sims game I ever played was SimCity for Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah. And, and finally, on February 5th of 2001, Nintendo releases Paper Mario for the N64 in North America, one of the last big games to come out for that console. I believe mm -hmm. this was just over a month before Conker's Bad Fur Day came out, and that was kind of the the end to me of... Like, there were other games, I believe, that came out for the N64, but as far as your big releases, it was those two. And I, I like Paper Mario a lot. I, I think, you know, I, I was initially a little disappointed going into it that it didn't play exactly like Mario RPG for Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. But once I got into it, like I love the story, the paper game, the, the paper dynamic actually plays into the story, which is done in a funny way. Like all the paper Mario games are, most of them are good. I never I'll played the that. original. I, I only played the one for the Wii. That's the only one I've played so far. I still haven't played the new one yet. Yeah, I haven't played the new one either, because um, there was this one, then there was Paper Mario Thousand Year Door mm -hmm. for the GameCube. That one was really good. And then you had the, the one for the Wii, which I think was just Super Paper Mario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, they're, they're fun games. I, I would, um, I, I'd recommend you know, anybody try them. Now, if I can find a good ROM of it, I might actually do a review of that. I might play it and review it, unless you yeah. want to do it. Um. No, I already did review Paper Mario. Oh, you did review it already? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's always Thousand Year Door. Yeah. Well, we're getting to the point in the show where I can't remember what we've, <laughs> what we've reviewed. So I got to go and make sure we haven't reviewed it before when I review things. Yeah, I always have to go back and like look in the archive, and I just scroll through <laughs> and be like, okay, I did review yeah. this. I I've caught myself like, oh, I'll review this. Like, yeah. oh, all right. Never mind. I did that not too long ago. I was like, man, I want to review Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And then I looked, I was like, one of the first ones we ever did. I was like, ow. Yeah, one of my regrets from the show is that some of those bigger games that I played when I was a kid, I wish I'd saved the reviews until later, like space them out a bit. Yeah. Instead of just doing like, you know, my first one was Link to the Past. And then I did, I think it was... Illusion of Gaia. I did Secret of Mana not too long after that. Earthbound not too long after that. Well, you know, we could always get those early episodes. We can always go back and re-review stuff and see if we still feel the same about them. True. You never know. We'll that is do. that is very true. Uh, but before we go into the review tonight, Derek has shout-outs. 
Yes, as always, I'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to give a shout out to Armez Jackson, Xblade07, John Jekyll, aka Mixmaster, Daniel Salmon, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Justin Olson, Brandon Rutledge, and Donner Party of Five. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions to the show, helping us keep the lights on. And because you've kept us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks. And this month, I'm really excited about this one. We're going to be doing a commentary mm-hmm. track for Transformers the movie. We're doing that this weekend, and I can't yes. wait. Oh, it's going to be fun. I, I think I mentioned this last week, but I have not watched this movie since I was in college. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited to go back and, and revisit that. And also, uh, you get to vote on our monthly poll for our roundtable discussion, which Donkey Kong won this month, so we'll be doing that show uh, next week. Uh, the one for March uh, stays open through the end of the month, so if you haven't voted yet, be sure to get your vote in. And if you want to do that and be a part of our awesome Patreon community, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And tonight we're talking about... Dracula, or as it is known in Japan, and I'm going to try not to butcher this name, Akumajo Special Boku Dracula-kun is a platform game made by Konami. It was released in Japan for the Famicom on the 19th of October in 1990. It is considered a parody of the Castlevania series. A version for mobile phones was released on June 30th, 2006 in Japan, and then it saw ports to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Microsoft Windows as part of the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, which was, ori- which was released digitally on May 16th, 2019 in all regions, with an English localization known as Kid Dracula. Um, it is the self-proclaimed Demon King, Kid Dracula, has awoken from a long sleep only to discover that the demon, Gallimoth, has challenged him. Swiping his father's cape, it is up to Kid Dracula to set out on an adventure to destroy the monster and retake his throne. After battling through dangers and demons, Kid Dracula defeats Gallimoth. This causes him to become famous throughout the land, with all the monsters in Transylvania showing up at his castle, wanting to be his friend. Um, like I said, it was considered a parody of the Castlevania series, and I'll be honest, I never even heard of this game until recently, and then uh, got the Castlevania uh, Anniversary Collection for the Switch, and a few weeks ago, about a week and a half or so ago, I was um, testing out my Switch on uh, Twitch, and uh, everybody was in the chat room, I think Rampage was there, I think Axeblade was there, um, and... They were telling me to play because I was playing the original Castlevania, and I was getting my butt kicked because I'm out of practice. And they and uh, they talked me into playing Kid Dracula because I just thought it was a kids game. I thought it was going to be like a little cutesy, easy kids game. It's not. Holy crap! This game is hard, but it's it's hard, but it's not like frustrating hard where you want to stop playing. It's one of those where you're like, I know I can do this better. Because you get, you go through the game, and of course you start out. You have your normal, where um, I'm not sure what he does. He he has like a sort of like a this little 
magic like thing he shoots out of his hand. I'm not quite sure what it is. Like just a little burst of power, or like energy that he hits his enemies with. But you can also hold the button to power up. And if you do that and hit your enemies, uh, you get coins, which in between stages, you can use those coins to play different kind of games. There's like roulette. Um, there's some other, I can't remember the names are very Japanese kind of names where you play these little mini games and you get like, you know, extra lives and all that kind of stuff. So you're going through the game and it reminds me a lot of, like at very first glance, it seems kind of bl like bland, but it's deceptive because you start playing it and you realize that this game's kind of challenging. Like the further you get into it and it's pretty much got all the trappings of every, platformer you've ever played like it's got your normal like on land level you got your platforming um it's got you know the castlevania type stuff in there like the big gears and the you know you got to swing on the pendulums and all that stuff and then you've got your your usual your underwater uh levels you've got your ice levels and stuff like that so it's it takes a lot from um you know like mario uh, also, it it's, reminds me a lot of Mega Man, but the way he moves, and in the in the game he moves very stiff, like uh, like uh, like Simon Belmont in in the first Castlevania game. Um, so it's a little frustrating, but once you kind of get used to using your special, because each time you defeat a boss, you get their special attack too that you can switch through so uh, the further you get in the game like i think the farthest i've gotten so far is level five the ice level and um you get all these different like the first boss you beat you get uh like a homing missile which shoots out all these different um you know energy balls or whatever and they kind of you know they're homing missiles for everything on the screen basically and then the next one's like a big power burst. And then the one I had just got before this last level I got to was you turn into a bat, which is like you'd like Alucard and in Castlevania three. So makes kind of quick work of, you know, traversing, uh, you know, the plat, some of the platforming stuff that might be a little too difficult because of the way he moves. So it's a really deceptively fun game and I'm having a blast playing it honestly yeah it's funny you mentioned Mega Man because I think you hit the nail on the head because I watched a little bit of gameplay earlier today and just the look of it it's a very bright and vibrant game yeah for, for it the setting being a kid Dracula yeah but the, the graphics and the look of the characters reminded me of those original Mega Man games for mm -hmm. the NES and yeah, the gameplay did remind me a little bit of of kind of a Castlevania meets Mega Man hybrid type of deal. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it looks like a, it would be a lot of fun. You know, it's we've talked about that fine line of what is too hard, like what mm -hmm. is hard enough to the point where it motivates you to do more. Or is it so hard that you just don't want to deal with it? And you just put your controller down or yeah. play something else. And the thing but, is, I think if you are, uh, you know, a fan of Castlevania and the Mega Man series, it's kind of a, a good blend of the two. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And I remember when you mentioned that you were going to review Kid Dracula, I remembered us talking about it when we mentioned the Castlevania Anniversary Collection last year, because uh -huh. neither of us had ever heard of it, I don't think. Yeah. 
So we were like, you know what? Why is this yeah. part of a Castlevania <laughs> collection? But, you know, actually seeing gameplay of it, it makes sense to me. Yeah. And you look at like the, you know, the, the artwork for it. You know, you're 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 going through your menu on the Castlevania anniversary collection, you know, like Castlevania, Castlevania two Simon's Quest and you know, uh Castlevania Bloodlines, and then there's like this kid Dracula that looks like it's drawn with a like Crayola crayon, and you're like, I don't wanna play that. Like who wants to play that? And then you play it and you're like, This is actually kinda good. I think the I think the the game artwork for it doesn't really do it justice because I think just looking at the artwork you're going to be turned off by it especially if you're a, you know you're a gamer an older gamer like us you're going to look at that and be like oh that's kind of that's a, that's probably just a kids game and you're not ever going to play it but you play it and you're like this is really good why did this not come to America like why was this not an American NES release and I feel like had it come out in the U.S., it would have been a pretty big hit. I think so. It probably would have been one of those games that would have hit. It probably wouldn't have done well at first, but I think word of mouth probably would have pushed it to be at least like a cult classic of the, yeah, the NES. I, I was about to say this has cult following written all over it. Because mm-hmm. it's weird. Like you play the game and... You know, the artwork is like you said, it's like it's very bright and things are big and, you know, and it, but you have all that Castlevania stuff. Like I said, like, you know, the, 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 the turning gears that you have to, you know, jump from like while you're platforming and you have the, you know, the swinging pendulums and the, and, you know, the, the, um, like, uh, there's different platforming things you have to do where you have to go from like uh, there's like I can't even describe it like you just have to play it like all the all the trappings of like say Castlevania three the platforming uh, that's in Castlevania three but just like kind of big and bright and it's it's weird to have to describe it because it looks like a kids game but it plays like you know, a really good platformer for what should have been the the NES. Yeah, no, like I said before, watching the gameplay of it, it looks like it would be a lot of fun to to play. I, I for one, it would have been cool to see what would have happened had this come out in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Because like it, it seemed like it would have the appeal to both kids and adults. Like, kids would have loved the art style and then adults would have loved the gameplay of it. Yeah. And I, I think the Castlevania fans like like myself probably would have balked at it at first. But in, in instances where, you know, you have like a little like like a little brother or something and the parents buy, you know, Castlevania for the older kid and then Kid Dracula for for the little one, but then come to find out Kid Dracula's too hard for the little kids. So the older brother starts playing is like, you know what? This is a good game and start tells all his friends and lets friends borrow it. And then it kind of gets that word of mouth, like things used to do back when we were kids. And I think it had the potential to be a cult classic for the Nintendo. Cause it's not a bad game at all. It's a very good game. Yeah. It's a little hard to control, but once you get used to it, it's very, very good. 
And the crazy thing is, uh, under reception, it doesn't have that much information. It just says Famitsu Magazine scored the game a 25 out of 40. Mm-hmm. And there so, was a release for this. on. They did release this on Game Boy in 93, and I never, I, I never even heard or saw that version. No, I had no idea that this was out for Game Boy. I'm looking through the Castlevania.fandom.com right now uh, to see <laughs> his weapon is called the Balls of Destruction. <laughs> uh, that was my wrestling uh, name in high school. Uh, there's there's a very good joke in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, that was my Ooh, wrestling man. finishing move back when I was a wrestler. <laughs> it's the Balls of Destruction. Uh, One, let's see. He two, had other <laughs> uh, balls of destruction. Uh, he did have other appearances, though. Uh, he had a, ma- a manga uh, he appeared in. Um, he appears as a secret item in the game The Legend of the Mystical Ninja for the Super Nintendo and Game Boy Advance. I pl- Legend of Mystical Ninja is one of my favorite games, and I don't remember him being in that. Unless it yeah, just, I, never I just pl- wiped I never it from memory. One. Uh, appears in the Famicom Super Famicom port of Gokujo Parodius uh, as a selectable character. Um, He was a hidden selectable character in game sequel uh, for the PlayStation and Sega Saturn. Uh, He was in Twin B Paradise as a brief cameo. Uh, And appears as a spirit in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch. His shadow, which utilizes the same pose as his stock art, also appears at random on the Dracula ca- Dracula's Castle stage. I don't remember seeing him in Smash Brothers. You'll have to look for it next time. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm really going to be on the lookout for yeah. him. That's but, cool, though. But this is a pretty Keep good this... game. I mean, out of uh, on a scale of 10, you know, it, I think it gets a so- good solid... I'd give it a 7. You know, it's it's yeah, not. I, I dig that. It's not any. It, you know, it's not up there with like Super Mario Brothers three, but it's also not a bad game either. It's it's a pretty good game to play. So if you've got the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, it's it's worth your time to to play it. No, that's good to hear because I I remember us talking about it. Like I mentioned when we first brought up the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, so I was curious as to how this game would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's not as bad as you think it would be, and I I kind of feel bad because I brushed it off, and was never going to play it, and then just kind of got prompted into playing it on stream, and kind of fell in love with it. That's awesome, I dig it. But uh, that's pretty much it for my review. Um, do you know what you're going to review next week? Yes, yeah, so uh, next week we'll be doing our uh, monthly roundtable. Oh, which yeah, yeah. Donkey Kong won the poll, so we'll be discussing the Donkey Kong franchise. And then I do have to make a, a, a fact check on myself. <laughs> uh, the, the mana game I mentioned is Trials of Mana, ah, okay. not Legend of Mana. So in two weeks, that's what I'll be reviewing, uh, which is part of the Collection of Mana collection uh, on the Switch. Perfecto. So, That'll be uh, coming up in early March. And speaking of early March is also when episode 300 of the Derek Diamond Experience will air. I'll be doing a special live show 
Tuesday, March 2nd at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. I'll be chatting with Brian O'Halloran, who you know as Dante from the Clerks films. And I'll also be doing top five moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. And other fun, I'm I'm tempted to give my thoughts on the whole Gina Carano situation. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm good with my my top five that I sent to you. Yep, yep. I uh, I won't spoil it, but we do have the same number one. Okay, I've kind of figured it because I did rewatch uh, um, Infinity War and Endgame last week, and still still my favorite moment of all time yeah yeah i mean how how can it not be it's gotta be yeah it's it's amazing so uh that'll be coming up on march 2nd of course new episodes drop um every thursday on youtube and all podcasting platforms and if you want to follow the show on social media uh facebook twitter and instagram at the diamond podcast uh, and for me, go check out uh, my other podcast, Open Micers, at Open Micers on Twitter and Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. Last week, we talked with legendary bass player Leland Sklar. You may not know the name, but you've heard his bass playing. He was on one of my favorite albums of all time, so I was trying not to geek out all over him for the episode. But this dude has been on every Pretty much, he's been over on over 2,000 albums, so you've heard this dude and his band. Um, so go check out that episode. The dude did the A-Team theme. The A-Team, uh, Greatest American Hero, uh, ALF. <laughs> he did the ALF theme. One of my favorite theme songs of all time, Quantum Leap. He did all those. So go. it was a fantastic conversation with him. So go check that out. Um, that's at open micers on Twitter and open micers podcast on Facebook. And of course, just go to openmikers.com. So Derek, is that pretty much it for this week? Isn't it? I believe so. All right. Well, let me play our music and we can get out of here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are also at nerdcaveretro.com. And uh, go to our T Public site. You can get our merchandise, which helps out the show. We got some really cool designs up there now. We got Trust the Fungus that just dropped, uh, Chewing Bubblegum and Kicking Ass since 1988 is up there now. And you can not only you don't have to get a T-shirt. You can get a mug. You can get a face mask. You can get bags, wall art, pillows. Whatever you want. Just go go to our, our uh, TeePublic site, tpublic.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro and individually at JakePunktastic at Derek underscore Diamond. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And, of course, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Master Blaster runs by the town. Monkey!